You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. As you guys know, we are um, currently looking at what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And um, Jesus, right from the very beginning, um, makes it very clear what he expects from us when we say yes uh, when we accept him into our heart. And in Luke 14, 26 to 27, it says, he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And then he carries on, he says, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I mean, in some ways, those, that sounds kind of harsh. And uh, we've heard the phrase before, um, salvation is free, but it will cost you your life. But I believe when we truly apply ourselves to the life of being a disciple, um, that's really when we do find true life. So in other words, in this as well, in, in, in this passage of scripture where it says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, essentially what he is saying is that I must be first. That's what he's getting at here. He's saying, I need to be the center of your life and everything else comes second. And I really believe, and I've experienced it in my own life, that when he is first in my life, not that I've always faithfully putting him first, but in those moments, as I try to always put him first, I really do see how all the other things fall into place because I've prioritized him in my life. And so um, so I don't want us to leave here saying, Julian just told us that we're to hate our wife or hate our brother or hate our... Yeah. No, we're to love, we're to love, but Christ needs to be at the center. And so in its simplest form, the word disciple refers to a learner, a student, one who wants to be like their teacher. And, um, and so whether today you call yourself, um, like the early church, they called themselves people of the way before they first became called or before they were called Christians. They were called people of the way. And what, um, and basically that just means they were, they, they, Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and they recognized that, and so they began to follow him in that way. The other word is whether you want to call yourself a Christian, which essentially all that means is that you are a little Christ. That's the, the basic definition of that. And then there's other words like a follower of Christ, which simply means one who walks as Jesus did. And, um, and what Whatever you want to call yourself, I don't think that necessarily matters. What matters is that you are daily applying yourself um, to be more like Jesus tomorrow than you are today. And you guys have heard me say that many times. And I really believe that this ultimately happens when we apply ourselves to the life of a disciple. We become more like Christ um, as we journey with him. So um, a few weeks back, Tyler sort of set the stage for our discipleship chats. And uh, I think in some ways what I've just kind of said, he sort of summed it up. Other than, um, other than he, he showed that short film 
and I didn't actually get to see it, but I sort of heard it on the podcast. And, um, and really in that film, we saw that discipleship is something that refines us and it shapes us. And uh, what we see as well is that God sees the big picture, right? He sees the beginning, the end, and he sees everything in between. And he sees what needs to take place in our lives. And it's not always comfortable. It's not always enjoyable. Actually, most of the time when we are disciplined, it's not that wonderful. But, it, but he sees the big picture and he knows what needs to take place. And as disciples, we say yes to that process. He sees the finished product and he invites us um, to welcome him to do what he knows what is best. It's like he's always putting that invitation out to us. And we have to welcome that sort of um, what, he, what he feels is best to do in our lives. He won't force that on us. He sees us not as, as we are. He loves us how we are, but he, um, but he doesn't want us to stay the way we are, right? Because he sees the full potential that perhaps we don't always see. And then Chris, last week, he talked, um, well, we looked at Hebrews 13. And from that, he talked to us about how God disciplines those he loves and how discipline or how disciples embrace self-discipline, right? So, and they also embrace God's discipline. And, um, and so we do our part, which is throwing off the sin that so easily entangles us is what Hebrews 13 says. And then God does his part. And, um, and again, we, we welcome that process. We need to invite him to, into that process. And um, again, it's uncomfortable, but it's ultimately for our good. And there is this saying uh, that, that maybe you've heard before, but short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. And I think sometimes when we are in a process of self-discipline or God disciplining us, if we allow that process to take place, the, the long-term gain will be extremely beneficial for us. Um, I really believe that discipline doesn't have to be a long process, especially if we embrace it um, quickly and choose to get on path with what God's doing in our lives. So today, we're going to talk about how a disciple is a student of the word. And in John 8, 31 to 32, it says, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A direct result of getting his word in you is freedom. Again, as we shared just before uh, or just after our worship time, it's like we shouldn't be allowing our circumstances to dictate the word, but we need to allow the word to dictate our circumstances. And I believe when we allow that word to get in us, we will really experience that freedom that the Lord has for us. And sometimes that's a short process. Sometimes that's a longer process. It all depends on sort of your makeup, your personality, your DNA on how well you're going to embrace that. There's things that I really embrace in God's word. And, and I, I feel like I've sort of arrived in certain areas. And then there's other areas that um, I have a harder time really accepting or believing that truth for my life. And ultimately I know for myself I don't experience the freedom that he truly has for me. In this passage, Jesus, he's conversing um, in, in the temple with a God-believing audience. 
And in a nutshell, he's explaining to them who he is and that no longer is it enough to simply have faith in God or even believe in God, though we see that obviously both are good. But now, if you want to be a disciple, he's saying, you must follow me because I am God, right? I am, as Colossians says, the image of the invisible God. And this is all new to these guys. He's saying, I am the son of God, God's son in flesh, right? This is what's happening. For us, as we read these things, it just seems so blatantly obvious. Like, guys, why don't you get this, right? But if you were to sit or, you know, um, step into their shoes in that moment with what was taking place, I mean, it would have been a little bit more potentially difficult to really embrace what was happening. And so up till now, these, these Jewish people, these Jewish believers, God's chosen people, simply thought that all they needed to, to um, they needed was to be a descendant of Abraham. Um, and basically, in other words, to live a life of faith of the generation before them. They just had to embrace the faith of the generation before them and they'd be okay. It's sort of like... Um, like myself, growing up in a Christian home, um, I, for many, many years, called myself a Christian, believed in God, simply because that was what my parents did. And so I just kind of went along with what, with what they taught me. And ultimately, at one point in my life, I had to make this decision to follow him myself. I couldn't know, I, I got to a point where no longer could I live off of my parents' faith. I had to embrace it for myself. And in the same way, these God believers had to come to a place where, yes, it was good to believe in God, but now it was, God was kind of raising the bar and saying, now it's time for you to follow my son and actually do as he calls us to do. And so as we're aware, like these descendants or, or like these um, Jewish people, that receiving eternal life doesn't happen by just, um, in a sense, believing what your parents believed or believing just in Abraham. No, you have to make this commitment of following Christ making and just trusting in him. And, uh, and that's what I had to do as, as a child. I had to come to a place where I made a decision personal decision to follow Jesus. And, um, you know, you could say in my early years with my parents, I believed in God. But when I made my faith my own, I began this process of what God truly wants, which is discipleship. He doesn't want us just believing in him because there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus. There's a lot of people that, that believe in God. There's a lot of people that say, I have faith in God. But that is there's a big difference between that and being a disciple of Christ. And I think most of us could share stories about how we recognize that difference, right? So to this God-believing audience, Jesus was saying, it's time to make your faith your own. And it starts by holding on to my teaching. Uh, or another translation says, continue in. Continue in. It's like, it's not just this one-time decision, but it's this process of just continually applying God's word to our lives and growing in that likeness. So a really important question 
that we need to ask ourselves is um, how important is God's word, his teaching to us? How important is it in our lives? Right? Because Jesus says, if you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And the key, again, and the goal is for us to be disciples. And, uh, and this, as we, as we go through this series, is really what counts as being a disciple. So coming together on a Sunday morning to study God's word in community is really important. We just recently talked about coming together as a community and growing together in relationship and growing deeper in our relationship with God and, and, and just doing life together, right? Um, so that's really important. But equally important is taking time on our own to get the word in our hearts. Sometimes what happens is, is we, we come to church on a Sunday morning, we sort of get our fix, and then then we wait till next week to get our fix again. And that's not what God intended for our lives. He intended us to immerse ourselves in his word daily so that we can truly be more like Jesus tomorrow than we are today. It's like nobody just eats only on a Monday and then doesn't eat six the other six days of the week. You'd find yourself getting into serious trouble if that was the case. And in the same way with our walk with God is that when we rely on Sundays to be our fix for the week, we're not going to be, um, I believe, we're not going to be able to walk in the freedom that Christ wants us to walk in, and we're not going to really accomplish everything that he wants to accomplish in our lives when we have that sort of diet. And so we need to come together, but we also need to step outside of, of just being by ourselves and getting the word in our lives. You know, during term break, um, Kyla and I and, and her family were, were away. And I didn't get a lot of time to get into his word. And I was joking about it a little bit on Tuesday night at prayer. But, um, but I found that, that, I really, that I really missed it, that I really craved it. And I just, for me, um, if there's a lot of stuff going on, I'm not able to just sit and read and, and for it to go, kind of go in. I get really distracted super easy. So I, what I find I end up doing is not really anything. And I found that I really, I really missed it. And, um, and that's not always been the case for my life. There's been times where I haven't got into his word and I haven't missed it just because of whatever's going on. But I really, you know, again, the word is so important to get into our lives. And, um, and I just, I guess this morning is I don't want us to, to this to be a heavy for us, but I want us to really, really hear the importance of of God of getting God's word into our hearts. And so um, God's word truly needs to be at the center of our lives. And um, and if it isn't, then what do we need to do to change that? Even last week when Chris was talking about self-discipline, it's like there's a part of the part of the process where it, it boils down to you making a decision and saying, I'm going to make this a priority, right? At, ultimately, it's like some people may just be like, well, if the, if the Lord leads me to read my word, then I'll read my word. And it's like, no, dude, that's, that doesn't cut it. What you need to do is you need to discipline yourself and say, no, I'm going to read my word because that's where true freedom comes. And that's where I'm going to experience the abundant life that he has for me. Um, So I was just thinking of, of a th- few things. And um, if our desire is to be like Jesus, if we've signed up to be a follower of Christ, 
his word must be a big part of his, of our lives. And, and up here on the screen, his word should be how we weigh eat, eat, how we weigh each decision. It should be what we look to for direction. It needs to be what we look to to discover our purpose and our identity. It needs to be how we define truth. And it needs to be what we go to and use to interpret life. Again, I've been kind of sharing some of those things. And I'm sure we could add to that list. But ultimately, if his word isn't at the center of our lives, it will be extremely challenging, perhaps even impossible, to look and act like Jesus. Right? It's like if, um, if I wanted to act and look like Greg, well, I would need to spend a lot of time with Greg. I would need to hang out with Greg often. If I just saw Greg as I do right now in most weeks, just on a Sunday, it's hard for me to get to know him. It's hard for me to really start kind of looking like him and acting like him and thinking like him, right? I mean, a very practical example, but when you apply that to Jesus, it's like in the same way, if we want to be looking like Jesus, which is, which is um, again, what a disciple is, is we need, to, we need to hang out with him to get to really know him. And so without his word in our lives, it's like, these are kind of corny, it's like going sailing without a sail right? It's like, it's like driving your car or going for a drive in your car and it's stuck in one direction. Maybe it's stuck all the way to the left. So you're just going in circles. I mean, you're just without his word, you're, you're going nowhere. You may think you're going somewhere, but you're really not going anywhere. It's like, um, you know, riding a bike and the tires are flat, right? I mean, if you get his word in you, you're, you're certainly going to be able to make more headway than if you were riding your bike with flat tires. Talking about bikes, the other night, I uh, was heading home from, from uh, Life Group, and I crashed on my bike. And uh, basically what happened was I took my eyes off the road and hit this pothole and flipped over my handlebars. And then, and then I had a flat tire, so I wasn't going to go very far. And so I walked in and had a little scratch here and a little thing here and a few things like that. And I just told Kyle, I was like, yeah, I just crashed my bike. And fortunately, I was alive still. So that was really nice. But um, as I thought about that a little bit more, and it was like when we fail to stay focused or engaged, right? Um, when we fail to be a reader, a student of the word, when we fail to make his word priority in our lives, we may find ourselves struggling to go anywhere in our walk with him. And I, I just thought, I took my eyes off the road and, and I got myself into trouble. And I really believe it with the word is like, obviously you can only take this illustration so far, okay? But it's like when we're not engaged in his word, when it's not priority in our lives, we're going to find ourselves getting into trouble. And we need his word so we can experience that freedom that he has for us. So his word shapes and molds us um, to look and act like Jesus, but it also protects and it gives us direction. So the one thing that I didn't mention in my, my bike crash episode 
was that there was roadworks going on. And I chose to sort of, there were, I guess there were clear signs of how I should approach the roadworks and how I should go around the roadworks. But I chose to sort of um, ignore that. There were very clear pylons where one was perhaps not supposed to go. And I chose to go kind of right through the pylons. And I won't get into all the all the nitty-gritty details because that would just take too long. But the pothole wasn't just a pothole that was just like maybe the city's fault. No, it was marked out very clearly where I should and shouldn't go. And so the pothole was actually a strip in the road that they had cut out. And I decided to drive into that. Um, and so as soon as I hit it, my tire obviously went flat and I went over the handlebars. And I certainly don't want to do that again because it wasn't fun. Um, but it was one of those moments that, honestly, it happened so fast that when I got up, I didn't even know what happened. It was like, what just happened here? And then I saw the road and figured it out. I'm glad it wasn't deeper than it was. Anyhow, God's word has the ability to steer us, I think, around potential dangers, hazards, and possible trip-ups. It's like sometimes there's, there's decisions that we're making in life. And it's like, I don't know what to do. And it's very clear in the word. Now, sometimes it isn't extremely clear in the word. But there are, there are certain clues that we find in his word that are going to help us. And I think as well, when we're, like, when we're facing a challenging situation, it's like his word is able to direct us how we need to go. And when we find ourselves in a really bad situation, I'm not saying this all the time, but sometimes it's maybe because we weren't staying true to the word. We weren't obeying what the word was saying to us, and we just did our own thing. Hence, the instead of going around the pylons, I went through the pylons and got myself into trouble. If I obeyed the pylons, if I obeyed the, the, this sort of um, this area where I wasn't supposed to go, I wouldn't have found myself in that situation. So challenging times will come even as disciples of the word. But it's staying in his word, not ignoring his word, that will get us through. Sometimes, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but I'm in a really crummy situation. And sometimes the last place I turn is the word. Sometimes the last place I turn is to my prayer closet, so to speak. I ignore his word instead of embracing his word because I'm frustrated or I'm mad or something's not working out. And, and, and most of the time, it wasn't God's fault to begin with. It was me deciding to just do it on my own and, in, and, and not looking to his word, but just going on my own sort of feelings, so to speak. So we want to we wanna not ignore his word because it's actually the thing that will get us through those situations. It's also, the, it's also not necessarily bad situations, but it's also the thing that will give us true freedom and abundant life that we talk about in John, right? Sometimes it's not just the negative things that he'll, he'll get you through. He's going to show you how to live that abundant life as well by reading his word. The other thing uh, about the word that we need to, uh, is that we need to welcome the Holy Spirit to accompany us when we're reading it. John sixteen thirteen says, he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into the whole truth. And the reality is, is that 
um, that we need the Holy Spirit to guide us as we read his word. So here's a couple examples, right? So earlier we read, hate your mother and your father, right? If you want to be a disciple, hate your mother and your father. And th- but in another scripture, it says, honor your mother and your father. So what are you to do, right? It's either contradicting itself or you need the spirit to guide you as you're reading his word, right? Ultimately. Another one is Matthew 5, 16. It says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven, right? Okay, got it, done. Then it says in Matthew 6, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So what do we do? Right? Throughout scripture, we see all of these, uh, I don't believe for a second they're contradictions, but these contradictions that if you, if you read the one, you go, okay, I'll do this. But then you read the, oh, okay, I better do this. And it's like, I don't know what I'm meant to do here. But when we have the spirit highlighting to us how we're to live in that particular moment with that particular situation, then we know exactly what we need to do. Right? The enemy used the word against the devil, or the enemy used the word against Jesus, and he was he was he was not speaking it as um, with the with the spirit's leading, right? He was he was speaking it, and it wasn't actually truth. The way he was interpreting it for Jesus was not truth, right? It was Jesus, obviously full of the Holy Spirit, was able to interpret and know what was going on, and then he fought back, obviously with the scriptures. But see, the word is not always truth if it's in the hands of the wrong person, right? How many times do we see how a word can be taken out of context, a a verse can be taken out of context and used for not the purpose that God intended it to be used for? And so we have to have the spirit when we're reading the word and know what he is saying. Another one is this. um, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. So if I went to counseling, I was with Jill, Jill was counseling me and she says, you need to, you know, the word says you need to cut your hand off. And then I went home to Kyla and I'm like, Jill said, I've been doing some bad things. So you need to cut. So she told me to cut my hand off. So I'm a a one-handed person now. That would be very bad counsel from Jill. But again, it's like, is that what Jesus is saying in this particular scripture? No. So we need, again, the Spirit of God, His Spirit, to reveal to us how to interpret the Word and and use it correctly. So we need the the Word and we need the Spirit, and they need to work together so that we're, again, um, walking in that freedom and that fullness that God has for us. So we, we need both. When we read his word without the inspiration, um, sorry, see, when we read his word without the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit, we can easily be like the God believers that Jesus was speaking to in the temple. They missed what God was doing, didn't they? They, they missed what he was doing because they were, they were judging or viewing him with human understanding instead of interpreting his words through the lens of heavenly understanding. And we need to read his word 
again, accompanied with the Holy Spirit. So we have this heavenly understanding of what he's calling us to. And so at the end of it, they end up, many of them, not all of them, but many of them reject him. Right? They, they don't accept him, but they reject him. They weren't willing to be disciples. They wanted, so to speak, the easy path of simply being a believer. And the reality is that, that just doesn't cut it. That's not what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to be disciples, not simply believers. In some ways, when we take, I think, lightly God's word and the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives, we run the same risk of missing what Jesus wants to do in and through our lives. Right? We need his spirit to accompany us as we read his word. And Jesus, who was the word, was, again, right in front of them, and they miss what he was doing. And I think for us, I don't want to miss what God is doing in and through our lives. And uh, I don't believe that, I believe God is, is big enough to work things out in our lives. And sometimes it, we may, it may take a few tries. I don't believe there's just like, if you don't take this step, you're going to miss out on what God's doing in your life. You're like, oh, that's it. You're done. There's no hope. No, God is able to always work situations out in our lives. But my point is this, this morning is that how important his word is for our lives. And when we get his word in, in our lives, we'll truly be able to live uh, the life that he's called us to live and experience the life that he wants us to live because his word is truth and it's it's what will really um, that I guess what really will be the glue that kind of um, keeps us from sort of missing out on what he wants to do in our lives so as we close I simply want to encourage us to be disciples of his word and um I want us to be really, I guess I, I, I want to encourage us to make his word a priority in our lives. And again, it's not to, to lay a heavy on us, but it's if, if you're not embracing the word as God desires you to embrace your word, what are the things that we can do in our lives to say, I'm going to make it a priority? I have to be honest. There's times where I have a hard time, like I said before, getting into his word. Sometimes sometimes I'm getting into his word just because I got to prepare something. I'm not proud of that, but that's sometimes how it is. Um, and often I have to go, okay, Julian, kind of from Chris's message last week, I need to discipline myself again to get your word in my life. And so I'm sure we've all been there in one way or another. So I just, again, encourage us to get his word in, in our lives because um, disciples are learners. They're students of the word. James one twenty five, and I'll just end with this, says, The man who looks intently into the perfect law, so God's word, that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does.
So this is the promise, I believe, for the life of a disciple. That we will be blessed when we get into his word. Yeah? Cool. Do you guys want to come up and sing one last song? Just as they decide what song they're going to sing, I think I've made it pretty clear, but there's no real way to do this other than you take this word to heart and say, Lord, where am I at with reading your word? And is it a priority in my life? Some things, you know, you, you pray for one another and and sort of like an impartation may take place or something really amazing takes place like that. But in this particular case, I think being disciples of the word, it's just a matter of you saying, I need to make this a priority. I need to get into God's word more so that I can know his word know his word for my life and live that life of freedom that he's called me to live. So as these guys um, sing, just make that your prayer. Just say, God, help me to make this a priority in my life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.